Welcome back, everybody, and I'm sitting here on an unusual time with my friend Chance. Usually we're here on a Sunday morning before church doing this podcast, you know, because we're so busy for the rest of the week, but here we are on a Saturday night this week, Chancey. Evening, Brad. Happy to be at her house. Yeah. I mean, tell you what, me and Chancey have been so busy since springtime when we talked to you last that I hadn't even seen Chancey, to be honest with you. To your dad, I come in, but you're always gone, or I did see you the other day, you were ho- Feeding cows. You know, and that's the biggest complaint I get here at the feed stores. You're never there. <laughs> well, I tell you what, life has taken us lots of different directions, Chance. Either chasing kids or doing farm work at this time of the year. And since we've talked to you last, we have had an exceptional spring here in Central Texas. Had a good spring. How many inches of rain you think we got over this spring? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, with that one rain, my rain gauge broke, and I didn't even bother buying another one. I mean, I probably like, close to 20 inches. Uh, at say. least, yeah. And yeah. that was just in probably April and May. And yeah. for those of you who don't know, usually we're at like a 36 inches per year, 32 inches per year, probably something like that for the year. Yeah. And we got just about that all spring. And boy, the grass was beautiful. Corn is looking great. Um, a lot of cotton didn't get planted in our area because it was just too wet to plant it. But the crops were looking really good. And boy, when the rain shut off, it shut off. Yeah, it got hot quick. And we went from we went from a highs in the eighties to highs of one hundred and two, one hundred and three in a hurry too. Yeah, and humidity absolutely unbearable. I mean, tell you, you can sure feel it. it. I mean, it's like you feel like a potato boiling out there when you go out there right now. And uh, so it's taking it's drying the corn down in a hurry. We could be looking at possible hundred plus bushel per acre corn, or we could be looking at sixty bushels per acre in the low spots because it was just so daggum wet. Yeah, you can drive through some of these pastures and see where those low spots where the corn just shows it. So the poor corn this year went from being too wet to nitrogen deficiency because, you know, as you know, whenever it just the water, when the soil stay waterlogged like that, yep. nitrogen deficiency becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, for several reasons, leaching being the main one. And uh, and so now to turn all, to finish it off with this ridiculous heat that we're having here. So, so we're going to see... If this corn could take every extreme that it could possibly get this year. Yeah, and I hope so because, you know, I went to the Green's Sausage House the other day and, you know. Thanks for the phone call, Chancey. I wouldn't mind going there with you. You were working. Yeah, I I like an occasional colas, Chancey. Yeah, well, (laughs) but uh, all that country looked good, man. Oh, it does. It looked so awesome. I just love driving through that part of the county and Every year, and just looking at all that um, dry farmland, what I call dry, it's not irrigated, but just beautiful, all that good country, it's all put together, and it's just it looks wonderful when it gets the right rains and the corn's doing good. You know, a sales rep that we have actually told us that he went down to South Texas for a spell to do something. He said the crops look great all the way down the coastal bend area. Look, just corn's looking great, milo's looking great, cotton's looking great. Everything's looking great across the whole Blackland Prairie. So uh, so it should be a good year for that. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to find a place to go with our corn markets to sell them to. Because you know once the granaries fill up, if you don't have grain bins, sometimes it gets to be a tough tough to find a place to sell your grain and stuff whenever everything gets full. But uh, it could be that could be the case here. And from what I understand, I think the Midwest is a little dry. Yes. Uh, so the market. We're praying for rain. Yes. Yeah, so the markets have been holding up. And, and uh, was all that rain pretty good for the wildlife? Oh, absolutely. We should have an awesome, incredible antler year. I, I saw year. I saw a buck, I was going to tell you. I saw They're a buck. already good looking. Yeah, already. they were in velvet already yesterday. I, oh, saw, yeah. I saw a buck with little antlers already running across the hayfield we were cutting. Yeah, they've been in velvet for a while, but man, they're out. They're doing really well. Yeah, that early spring, that jump start, it's going to help them out tremendously. And you know, yeah, if we can get some rains in July, that would be great. But I tell you, they've already got a great kickstart. So yes, and a lot of little production, in my opinion, should already be good. It's got a good start to it, and even if it turns off really, really dry, a lot of the woody brows has a good jump to it. So they'll be just fine. You know? Well, and I've been seeing a lot of little fawn too, oh, hanging yeah. out in the hayfields we've been cutting. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's plenty of rain. Fawning cover was everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So. The does didn't have to travel for it. There was so much water. They didn't have to travel for water. They didn't, I mean, they could just pretty much find a good fawning cover and lay their babies wherever they needed them. And, yeah, it should be a good year. Well, and so the weird thing about it, too, is, you know, last time we did an episode, I think we talked about that heavy ice storm that we had had. Yeah. And since then, just this week, a gentleman came into the feed store 
and was telling me how hard it is to raise exotics because oh. they he said that that freeze that we had come through here i, I want to say he told me that one of his friends has a, a high fence just up the road from here and said he lost six hundred thousand dollars worth of exotics because of that ice storm that we had and that that's pretty unbelievable yeah no uh they're just not adapted to it that's a tough know? pill to swallow oh absolutely yeah i got buddy and bandera and also bastrop and yeah it was hard on them too they didn't lose that much but uh they did lose some oh especially man. when you're talking about those super exotics like kudus and stuff like that you know i mean those things are adapted to south africa and yeah it gets cold in south africa no doubt about it. they get freezes and stuff like that but zero degrees and ice and everything else and then freezing everything up is a different ball game and i so. guess the parasites bother him too he was explaining to me how hard parasites are on those on those uh, uh, exotics. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'll be honest with you. I worked on a, a game ranch that we had exotics, but back then we just dealt with the easy ones, the axis and the fallow and the black bucks. You know, every now and then we'd put a red deer out there or something. But when you start getting those super exotics, yeah, I can. there's no telling. But I'm sure that different climate, different continent, different atmosphere, everything. Not adapted to it. Yeah, just not adapted. I mean, we might be at the same latitude, but... Uh, it's, whole different country you know speaking of that and things having to adapted to certain places and things and needing their space and all that i i guess that kind of brings us to today's topic which uh we've been discussing a lot late, lately which is uh which is land use. land use and for land use for lots of reasons what's well, I mean, the most important thing that we have going right now? and the land that we have we have and we're not going to get any more of it not making any more of it unless spacex or somebody gets to business and finds a way for us to get to mars or something i ain't going to mars <laughs> i'm gonna stick my butt right here in texas oh unless it, hey but you never know the fishing might be great there well they they better they? show me some yellow cats before i go <laughs> god no way i'm getting on i mean just look at those guys that went off in that ocean the other day and they're only going what two miles two and a half miles yeah i think two is and what they miles said down the ocean which you know that's a whole nother crap but you're talking about going to mars well nope you can have it boy ain't that the truth because you, you have don't, it you don't need a failure like that when you're halfway to mars no <laughs> oh my god i think i'll just stay here a lot can go wrong chancy in our migration to mars yeah it could let's just stay here till they get that good and figured out absolutely It'd be like uh probably in the olden days you know you just didn't make a trip to Washington D.C. overnight. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you think that maybe that's what they said in the early days too, Chancy. I'm, I'm sure my my grandma my own grandma was like, "Hey," to my grandpa, "Hey, let's let's go to Temple," and he's like, "No, no, yeah. not just yet." Hey, what's crazy? Like my <laughs> mom told me when she was she was born and raised in Uralton, she would went to school at Mary Harden Baylor. But she said, like, the gravel road, 1915 was a gravel road. Is just and that she, recent? Yeah, and that would have been in the early 60s i guess 50s mm -hmm. and she told me she used to catch a bus here in cameron at the uh what's you know used to be the bus stop here but now it's macworth the, the car Mac, sells that yeah. Mac, i didn't know that was a bus yeah, stop that was a bus stop the bus stop and she would catch a bus there and that would take her to belton because it was such a big deal to go to belton i'll be dang yeah that, and now here me and me and yeah. you our wives probably drive there five times a week at least yeah yeah, yeah. at it, least there are college station and you know, oh well it's not in temple so i'll go to college station you know it's funny you mentioned that too because you know speaking of a story like that my grandma she's been passed away now for several years but but she grew up through you know the depression and all that time and i and i'll never forget her telling me the story about growing up in the small community outside of Clarksville, uh, right? Uh, actually, she was out at Ben Arnold out okay. there, and her dad was actually, like, I guess ahead of his time, and he was trying to get enough signatures on a petition to get electricity out there to Ben Arnold where yeah. they lived at. And she said nobody would sign that petition because they didn't want those wires running all over their house. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And so she said she'll never forget the time that they finally got enough signatures to get power out to Ben Arnold. And uh, she said that they had one light hanging over their kitchen table, and she said she can never forget the time that they turned that light on for the first time, and nobody could believe how bright that was. And she said that her mom made her dad redo the kitchen floor because they didn't know how bad it was till they could see it with all that light. Yeah. Isn't that unbelievable? Wow. Yeah. yeah. How much things have changed now? Yeah. 
And so, you know, back then, like you said, whenever you were stuck where you were stuck and, and all this, the necessities were still there. Well, I mean, like, we're just like deer. What all, what are those things, those limiting factors that we need? Just Even like, people, we need food, cover, water, and space. Food, cover, water, and space. Every species, every living creature. And, you know, and if you think about it, none of that is man-made. No. And that, that was all put here, you know, by God giving us. The, that's the things Amen. we need to survive. Yep, food, uh, cover, water, space. Food, cover, water, space. All the extra stuff that we've created has, has I mean, we don't necessarily have to have. No. It's nice. No. I enjoy electricity. I do, too. I, I love hot water. I'll be quite honest with you. I would have a hard time without hot water. I lived in Costa Rica for a long time and didn't have any hot water. They don't have hot water there? Where I lived, I, they didn't. It was just, but they had running water and it was clean and you could drink it. We got you, listeners in Costa Rica right now going, "No, what the heck? No, no, where well, this in, guy in stay? Certain places, yeah, like in San Jose, of course they did. But where I was staying at, they had some type of little. Uh, I wouldn't call it hot water. It was not hot water like we know. They had some type of little thing that they'd put on top of their roof that would try to generate, you know, with solar power. power warm the water but no sure the sun was, would like the sun would heat it like yes, heating in a water hose cold. like a like a water hose getting hot basically yeah yeah but it was cold after you ran it just for and it didn't stay long enough to heat no and um i'll be honest with you I, I learned to live with it i dealt with it i missed hot water hot water was a big deal for shaving just bathing or like taking a shower didn't know it just, it just goes to show how spoiled we are. You go to a different place that doesn't have hot water or running water, period. Like, I mean, like the water goes out on your house. How many times do you go up there and try to turn the water on and nothing comes out because you already forgot that you don't have water? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. and like take, for instance, like during the freeze when we lost power for a week. Yeah. I mean, we were lost. You know, I mean, it's kind of sad that we've gotten that dependent on it, but we are. But we are. Yeah. And it's scary. It is scary. Yeah, because we don't have to have it. No. But whenever you whenever you're used to it and it's something that you've built your life around, well then it's become something you have to have. Yes. I tell you, like I said, I like hot water. I could probably do without AC. I wouldn't like it. I could probably live without AC. My wife could probably live without it, but running water and hot water would be hard for me to deal without. Now I need running water, but I could probably do without hot water. Yeah. Yeah, I'd assume have AC over hot water. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I guess that's where you and I are different. For some reason. Yeah. I don't know why I'll it is. I'll go outside and sit in the shade or something, but, man. But I'm also a cold shower in the wintertime, Brad. Have you ever done that? Because I was in well, Costa Rica. Well, that's a good point. I didn't think about it. It's summer right now, and it's yeah. 105 outside. Well, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, so that may be swaying the way I'm thinking a little bit. But you're right about that. The wintertime would be tough to take yeah. cold shower. Probably just wouldn't take one. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, you take a sweat bath or get, hope you got some wipes. I just go through the winter without a shower. Would be just fine if everybody did it, it would be normal, yeah. It would be, yeah, yeah. Nobody would stink, no, I wouldn't even, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't even realize it, Chancy. Yeah. Absolutely not, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Save water, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you save, and that's a and that's a very one of the resources that we probably need to be talking about, along with saving land, yeah. Okay. Land is everything, so it is, and it's you know, there's only a certain, there's only a certain, certain areas in our in our nation where you could grow food at absolutely there's only certain areas in our nation where wildlife the wildlife that we that that we love so much exists at it's very important in those areas that we could that we look at the way that we're using this land i guess is the way what you would say yeah the space part is a big deal space well it's just it's resource management land mm-hmm. resource management we need to uh look at our land not as something that we can uh, make money off of so much which it, okay can, so that's the age-old story but okay so also as a resource that we need to you know it's a resource that it, we need to protect and also preserve so that we can continue to make money off okay of. and so the sad thing is that, that this is a this is a controversial topic oh no doubt because both sides are right you got dollars to an and you got resources Okay, the two a lot of times don't really go hand in hand. So, and I guess I should explain it to you like this: like we could look at a, a piece of property, let's say out in the Blackland Prairie. Yep. Okay. There's, let's there's, just take one out there in Mara. Well, let, let's even break Texas away and say that it's just Texas and not the rest of the United yeah, States. Just Texas. If, if if we had the citizens in Texas and we're like, okay, we're depending on this this Blackland Prairie and the coastal bend area to produce the food that the whole state eats. Yes, we're not going to ship any food out, any beef cattle, nothing else. We're That's right. We're going to make enough to eat. That's right. Okay, so if we look at that, 
How much of the state of Texas do you think you could possibly grow food on? Well, we already know. The coastal bend. The coastal Black bend, Prairie, the Blackland Prairie, right? The high plains. And that's only if irrigation keeps working. That's that's only if you don't run out of water. Yes. And that could, like, as much as you hate to say it, that day could be coming. The high plains could not grow anything that they grow if they did not irrigate. Because it does not rain enough. That's true. The only reason they're able to grow what they grow is because of the Ogallala off. Yes, and you hope... We that- can grow food here. Now, there are some people that irrigate, but we can grow here because we have dry line farmers here. It rains enough. It's at 30... 30- now, we're in a unique area where we... Had, yes. Not only do we have dry land, and it, like you said, we get 32, 36 inches of rain per year, which will produce... 100 bushel corn, it'll produce, you know, bale, bale and a half cotton. It'll yep. produce, it'll grow watermelons. It'll grow, you know, just about anything you want to grow. Yep. It's, it'll grow enough for one season to make one family survive if they're diligent. Yes, and then there is also there is also irrigation in the river bottoms and that oh, kind sure. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as being able to rely on producing food. For the whole for, state? For a state. You better be you better be looking at conserving the land where it rains enough to produce it. Absolutely, because all of our places that we grow crops, that's where we get our food from. I think it's a very good idea to not put houses on those places, and and also solar panels. Well, let's back up a little bit and say that probably when the original settlers came to Texas, they probably said, "Okay, we need to find a place where we got food, water, cover, cover, and shelter. Mm-hmm. I mean, cover and, and space." Okay, they probably said that, right? Okay, and so they, they found a well, place where... It's necessary where, for survival. So found, yeah. Like, they didn't look for a place that had the cheapest buffet or something like that. It was play, it was based off of the things that you had to have to that's survive. That's why cities are... Where they're at. Were built, yes. And that's a problem. That's... Because, of the, because we, like I said, our original settlers settled where they could grow food at. The climate Close was good. Close to water. And the water, there was plenty of water to drink. And then they invited their friends. Yeah. And those turned into cities. And that's where the problem begins at, I guess you'd say, with land use, right? Yeah, I would say so. And not only does it begin with, like, just people congregating in one single place, but also I think now in today's world, land use is becoming more of a problem of uh, trying to get more people in for monetary reasons and not thinking about the resources that are there because they're limited. Well, just look at our neighboring counties and the water usage. Yes. You know, it, it's getting to where, so now we'll break it down, I guess, from a state to a county. Yeah. So now you're getting, to, so let's say that we got one county that's become overly populated and there's not enough water there anymore. For mm-hmm. So what do you have to, you got to go to a neighboring county. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so what happens to that county? Well, then people begin to move there. It begins to build. Well, now all of a sudden we're running out of water in that county. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we would have ran out of food too. Had it been isolated to that county because they couldn't, you couldn't feed all the people there sure. anymore either. So now you're depending on your neighboring counties to grow the food for you too. Mm-hmm. Correct or wrong? No, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. You know, historically, people depended on small communities. They were, you know, at the beginning it was tribal groups, and then it went to small communities like Little House on the Prairie. I mean, we all grew up watching Little House on the Prairie. People lived in little small communities. They worked together. They farmed together. They sold and traded amongst each other. Like bartering. Bartering, yeah. I mean, you needed a pig, and he you didn't have no chickens, but he, whatever. I mean, you traded, did whatever, made whatever. But now we've got so many people in a small, confined area that need water, and they're not doing anything to make water, you know. Well, because you got all the, the, the concrete being poured, the streets. And, and roof tops. And that's, it's, it gets real hard to recharge your aquifers and stuff when all the water's running into the creeks and streams. Yeah, and eroding everything away and washing out trees and, and sedimentation and filling in stream channels that used to run in springs and sending it down to the Gulf of Mexico. This is a huge problem. It's a problem that needs to be addressed and we have known about for 30 years. And nobody's wanting to talk about it. Well, and nobody has an answer to it. But here's the reason mainly for it. It's because of the age-old battle of dollars and resources. Agreed. And again, Agreed. again, both sides are right and both sides are wrong. I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. You've you, got to be well, able to make money. But Greg Abbott. We created We've money. known forever that we had water problems. We've known we've had water problems for a long time. 
And he has been sitting over there, come on in, 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 screaming to the world for everybody to come on. Texas is growing. Texas is everything else. You know, and that's fine. I want an economy, too. I want a great economy. But if you don't have enough water to feed the people that are here, then what are you going to do when, you know, the stuff hits the fan? That's right. Because it's coming. That's One right. of these days, it's coming. That's right. Yeah, you. we've only, we've only just like too many cattle on a pasture, yes. just like too many deer, deer in, 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 a, in yeah. a high fence. In a good year, you can get by with it. Mm-hmm. But you better manage for drought years. Well, look at our lakes last year. How low were our how yeah. low were our area lakes and last it, year? Yeah, they were low because it's water consumption. But it wasn't even that dry, and you know it. It that's, wasn't nowhere near like 2011. That's right. But they were so low because of the consumption. That's right. So yes. just wait till a bad one hits. So I guess you know we're free in this country to do what we want to do. Yeah. Like we like if you own property, you're free to do what you want to do with. You it. can either destroy it or you can protect it. That's right. And so you could it's up to you what you want to put on it, but it comes down to when we talk dollars or resources. Like let's say for instance that a that a that a thousand acre place goes up for sale on the on the Blackland Prairie. Yep. Where it's been farmed at, where you can produce food. It's got good like it rains enough there to produce it without water. Sure. So this this thousand acre place goes up for sale. Who's who's the place going to sell to? Is it going to sell to the developer who can pay twenty thousand dollars an acre? Is it going to sell to the farmer to grow food on it who could pay three to four thousand dollars per acre? So so it, who's wrong and who's right? I don't know I that will, either one is wrong or either one is right because everybody wants the best for their kids and their family. Amen. You know, but if in the end of the story, I guess if you looked at who created this this dollar this wealth, we created that. And it's not it's nothing needed it's not needed for survival unlike the food and the water uh, that we need to protect on that particular piece of property. I think you're 100 percent right. And unfortunately, I think a flaw of mankind, which we're all guilty of, especially me, is sometimes it's very hard to see past your own lifespan. True. You know, That's a big own, problem. Your own ability to see past what you're going to do. But the reality is, we all need to be striving for because to live by the golden rule and we all need to be striving for to leave something better for our children than what we got i mean what i have right now and enjoy and cherish was better than what my mama had as far as like um opportunity Mm -hmm. and i think that's what we should try to leave for our children and natural resources are a big deal it's becoming a conflict amongst the money, and the resources. So I it, just... It's a big conflict. It is. It is. But, but at the and end it's of the one day, that resources will never win until we're, they're so so limited that they're so valuable. That, but they're that already now, getting that way. Oh, I mean, but that it's that's mainly because of it's all being developed. Yes. And, and that's not helping our water situation. Or our crop situation. Like, to be honest with you, situation. to be honest, right now, Williamson and Travis County and, and even San Antonio in that area... Are depending on Milam County to keep our water and stuff like like to keep a water supply just to, to fuel them. Yes. So that involves us keeping a population in Milam County of the population in Milam County that we have right now. Samsung did not help that. No. No. Uh, okay. So if what they're saying is true about what's going to happen in Milam County with the growth, Milam County will be worried about Milam County's water, much less having enough water to send out to to you know to to neighboring counties. So you know, so it gets back to that to that original problem of resources or dollars. Yeah. Well, I think the people that made those decisions weren't looking out for their future generations. That's right. I think it's just that simple. Yeah. You know, as as far as Milam County, because anybody that's got any sense has done any resource planning or any conservation planning in the last twenty years knows dang good and well that from Dallas to Austin to San Antonio to Houston that our area. Milam County, Falls County, Williams County is fixing to grow like crazy over the next 20 years and even more. So anybody that's done any research in that knows what's fixing to happen. So either they got it in and got their money and then got out when it was good or they either had no lack at all, no absolutely zero thought of the future. And so in my opinion, they weren't living by the golden rule and they dang sure weren't what I would consider good land resource managers. Land is a resource. It's a natural renewable resource. Soil builds itself just like wildlife is a natural renewable resource. And our job is 
to be husbandry of it, you know, to maintain it. We're smart enough. We know how to do it. We spent billions of dollars researching how to do it. Yeah. Well, not only that, you know, those old timers knew it. I mean, the Israelites would let their field lay fallow every seven years. They knew it. God ordained it years and years and years ago. You know, like, you know what? Yeah, use your land. But you got to rest it some. Don't abuse it. True. And take everything from it. Yeah, true. And so, uh, and, and you bring up a good point, you know, so what's the answer to that, I guess you'd say. At the end of times, if we're going to keep on covering up land with concrete, if we're going to continue to cover up land with solar panels, if we're going to continue to cover land up with all these things, we're going to get to where we're going to have less and less land on to actually grow food on, so you're going to have to push it even harder and harder and harder. Oh, yeah. Which that's already happening. Because, yeah, more that, fertilizer, that, I mean, more if, water. If you look at it since the Industrial Revolution, that's already happening. Yeah, I mean we're we're already we're already getting to a point where you got to push, like like we're just getting so many people and so much like only certain areas like I said left that you could actually grow yeah. food on. That's getting to be where we're having to produce more and more per acre, you know, than what what sure than what we than what we're and pretty soon we're gonna get to a point where we can no longer do it. And I guess you saw on the news about now they're making meat and stuff i guess in labs usda has yeah. has now uh, I ain't eating it. they now approved their <laughs> the very first lab grown meat i guess you'd say is a chicken breast or something like yeah. that well yeah i did see that but yeah i but, won't be eating it but, but some people honest, may be forced to eat it but that's coming like if it's if it gets to where we no longer if we, if we don't start taking care of no. the land that we that we can yes. grow food on that's gonna and happen. our farmers and the people that grow it because it takes some level of intelligence to grow and be a farmer. I mean, it's not it's, as easy as it no, looks. No, heck, no, well, it ain't. And other, Anybody that's ever gardened or farmed before knows dang good and well how difficult it is, how challenging it is, how the weather is. And just to back up a little bit, go back what we were talking about earlier, how you were talking about. Okay, we're gonna start with Texas, and then we we'll go with county. Well. Within every population, doesn't matter if you're in Milam County or if you're in Texas or if you're in the world population, you have what's called, as far as a species level, what's called a minimum viable habitat acreage and then also a, like a minimum viable population number. So basically, like the minimum viable habitat acreage would be the amount of acres that it takes to sustain a population to survive. How many acres of food? cover water space does that take for that population of whatever species whether it be birds snakes rats and it all changes depending on the species but whatever that number is and then the minimum viable population would be how many to survive and reproduce to carry on to the next generation because you may be able to survive and you may be able to reproduce but can your children survive and reproduce that's right that is important and that's something that I don't think anybody's thinking about that. that I, I'm totally with you. And you know, the other thing about it is, yes, we could get to the point where everybody could grow their own food, but there's areas of the state where we can't do that. No. Like, like, so then everybody would have to pile on to the area where, where you can grow food. And then we're overpopulated on the area where we can grow food. So that points out, brings out to a point that where you got to protect the land where you do grow the food. So we can feed everybody else in the state. I mean, it did. Agreed. You know, that's that's just... Open the, space is important. Yes. Cleans our air, cleans our water, grows our food. And you know, on our last episode, we had, uh, this may be a little bit off topic, but we had Dr. Frank Summers on oh, yeah. who, who gave us our garden report. And I was listening to his horticulture hotline last Saturday, and he brought up urban heat island effects. Mm-hmm. You know, how hot it is, you know, around, like, how, how basically how concrete stores yeah. heat, you know, during the day. And then in the evening time, you know, it starts to release it, you know, and, and, and so your nighttime temperature never gets as cool as what it should have. And then the next day heats up again and just the, the yeah. it keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. That's another thing about, you know, all this the concrete and stuff, too. And it gets worse as the summer progresses. Yes, yes. That's a little off topic, but yeah. I thought back to Frank and I thought about thought yeah. that, that. No, but it's interesting. I love that, you know, because we're talking about climate and everything else like that. I mean, but. You know, the tilt of the earth is what's given us our seasons. And June 21st was the longest day. We just had it, what, two days ago? Mm-hmm. It's the longest day. Yeah, summer, summer solstice. Yeah, yeah, sure it was. Yeah. But, what's the hot, so, but what's the hottest day, month of the year? It's coming. August is generally the 
for Texas anyway, the hottest month of the year. But that's still four and a half weeks away. Yeah, but um, it's actually not when you would think. It's just that lag. It's just like the hottest part of the day should technically be when the sun is directly over you, which is noon. But you've got a lag time there. So generally, the hottest part of the day is 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Same thing with summer. That's why August is hotter than June, generally, even though that the earth is or the sun's further away. Never really thought of it that way. So it's just a lag there. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's a complicated problem is what it is. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I mean, because, like I said, it dates all the way back to where our original cities were, were started at. Yep. And, Your and water it, sources, yeah, good places to grow food. That's right, and it just grew and grew and grew, and we've yep. never done anything to correct that. But it all goes back to the whole fact that, like, like with the freedom of of owning land, becomes a responsibility, no doubt. You know, and so it's our responsibility over with the resources of the dollars, basically, is what it comes down to. I mean, yep. it, we've got to protect the resources that we have. Bottom line, land being the biggest one of them. Oh, absolutely. Okay. They, I, they're not making any more of it. So now it's I remember. like time. Now I remember what I was going to say. Okay. okay. So, yes, it's a great idea that we could all grow our own food. That's yep. a great idea. But the problem is we're going to have to totally change our way of life in order to do that. Absolutely. Because I'm Which a, I don't think is a bad thing. I think the way that Americans live is okay, totally Okay, but yes, but then you think about it crazy. this way. If I'm a doctor, I can't go be a doctor every day anymore because i got to stay at home and grow my food. No, you can still be a doctor and grow and garden. Uh, you could probably garden a little bit, but you ain't going to have time to do everything else it takes to. That's what I talk about. Going like, back you think to about chickens and eggs and steaks oh, no. and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you, Yeah, you, I can't even do that myself. But that's what I'm yeah, getting at. To. We like that. Yeah. Like, I like to go like, home today, and I'm going to have potatoes, and I'm going to have avocados from South Texas, yeah. and I'm going to have blueberries from somewhere, and I'm going to have all this stuff that we couldn't grow here. But luckily, somebody somewhere still has the space to grow it at, and they're doing it, and they're sending it to us. Yeah. Like, in order in order to do it any other way, yeah, it's going to be a whole another change of of, of, of of a whole concept of how we work. Drastic change. Drastic yes. change. Well, no, not only how we work, how we live. I'm not saying it would be a bad thing, but it would be a change. Oh, big time. Yes. And like, so, most people couldn't handle it. No, and so... Get back, and I'm probably one of them. I mean, I farm for like we we farm, you know, eleven hundred eleven hundred acres. I mean, and so like I'm used to growing stuff, and we got three hundred head of cows. So, you know, I mean, like I'm used to growing stuff. Yeah. But still, I don't think I'd want to go butcher a side of beef every like every two months to do that, and and can all the vegetables and no, you know, I'd rather go to the grocery store and buy that stuff that that someone produced somewhere. I like that. Yeah, I do too, but I would much rather like go buy it locally. Or buying than, it locally right, like, would be like, good. like the beef that I buy. If I go to H-E-B, or no, let's just say I go to Cameron, go to Keith's Minimax. Keith's Minimax has been closed for 20 years, Chancey. Oh, Harlan's, whatever. <laughs> say I go to Harlan's. And there's a grocery store here in town. It was Keith's Minimax when me and Chancey were younger, and we still call it Keith's. <laughs> say I go to Harlan's. They were that old. Yeah, and I buy some ground He's meat. He's Keith's Minimax old. Where is that beef coming from? Well, now, if you're in the state of Texas, they're trying to go to that. or Well, they the, need to because sticker. I would much rather and spend twice as much money to go buy my beef from you, Brad Vosselin, twice the amount of money, than go and buy some from Harlan's that I have no idea where it came from. For all I know, some who knows where it came from in Mexico or Argentina or anything else. But these processors, the middleman. So I, that's my point. I wouldn't, and I think. That there's a demand for that. Stuff. Well, yeah, you've got a great point, but I'm too busy working at the store, working at the feed store, working at the school, yeah, raising kids to go butcher that calf for you, Jason. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, that's where we gotta, you know, there's there's so that's, that's there's a market issue out there. That's the issue we're running shit. into. There's the reason I like Keith's Men and Max. Yeah, that, well, no, that, left, that closed twenty years we're ago. All, <laughs> no, it's not. It's still in the same place. Yeah, but it's called Arlen's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. It's keys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's the issue that we're running into, though. You know, that's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. we're dependent on South Texas down there where they grow the apples and the peaches and the watermelons and the onions and all those types of things. Sure. We need those people down there to not cover that land up with concrete and solar panels. Amen. And there's yeah, people we need de- food. And they're dependent on us, too. Like like I said, Williamson and Travis County is dependent on us for water. Mm-hmm. They're dependent on us not to cover, like, cover our county up with people and concrete. And use up any more water than what we're using, 
because they need it there already and that's fine because that's just the way that it's been that's the way that society has worked and that's the way it's that that we've built to it's been a busted system since it began whenever like i said the settlers settled on the places that they grow food water and had space and and then that's just where populations grew and that's where we are today so how do you fix it i don't know how do you protect it? I do know. I mean, you just, but it, it's well, a complicated I, story of, of resources over dollars. But the reality is, is people do need to learn to live within their means. There's nothing wrong with learning to live within your means and also trying to provide for yourself, in my opinion. you know. And even if you live in town, they have rooftop guards. You can buy a potting soil. You can do whatever. You know, there's all kinds of different ways, in my opinion, that you can try to help because – the fact of the matter is, from what I've witnessed, and I'm just going to just speak bluntly right quick, is I've worked in state agencies for the last 20-something years. And for the last 25 years, they've been talking about water, 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 whether it be Texas Parks, and there's some trying to do it, or Texas A&M. They all are screaming at the top of their lungs, but nobody in government does anything about it. And it's because the people don't want it. Well, the water is a big issue. Yeah. I mean, but the, the, <laughs> nothing the, grows without water. And the main thing that we've got to do is limit the amount of concrete we're pouring. Amen. And the amount of houses that we're putting on and, and everything else and impervious cover. That's right. You've got to slow down the water when it comes. Yes. You can't let it all go to the Gulf. And we can't be building homes and solar panels on the places that grow our food. That's right. It's just about that simple. It is about that simple. Yes, and that's you, a, like a no-brainer. Like if you want to put solar panels out there, and that's fine, but go put it on all those rooftops that you just built. Don't put it out here in prime farmland. And do the same thing. Yes, it, it'll it'll produce the same amount of electricity yes. on top of it. If if you can't produce enough electricity with the solar panels on your rooftop to power your house, why would we put them in a put the same like twice as many out on our farmland in order to produce the power to power that house? It yes. probably has a place. Yes, as a yes, as a as a implement, you know, as a yes, know. like I said, like you yes. said, on a rooftop. I think it has but a place do, there. Yeah, I really do. I agree as well. But as far as like taking out cropland, I don't think you should take. I don't, but but I don't think you should take our cropland to put anything on besides cropland. Yeah, me too. It's just getting Either that, that or shit, pasture. Like, it, because our kids, like, it's not for being chancy. No, it's for it's for our kids it's and grandkids. Golden rule. Yes, I mean, like, like, like Chansey said before, we better start looking out for those things now, because it's really snowballing. You know, it's really starting to snowball. I mean, in, in the areas we need to be protecting and the resources we need to be protecting, are just getting smashed to the ground by dollars. Yes, yeah, money. Yeah, money. Yeah. The root of all evil. It's a sad situation with it, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, but you know what? I've been, people inherently, I know, I've traveled all over this country worked in all different states and everybody meet is inherently good it's just gotten to be where that's 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 just the way that society has gone to since the beginning of time basically well you can make so much money off of your land that's right whether what's on top of it or what's underneath it or whether you sell the gravel or sell the topsoil or farm it or sell the coal underneath it or sell the oil underneath it or the water resources that's true lots of money to be made Seems like people need more and more and more money to make a living. Oh, I mean, you can't do anything with a $5 bill anymore. No. I mean, you know. You can't do nothing with a $100 bill anymore. You can't. I mean, and that's the problem with it. It barely even fill up your gas tank. That, and that's that's the issue we run yeah. into, too. That is not helping resources. No. No. You know? I mean, so, like, so somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, I will give you $700 an acre. 35 years if you'll let me put solar panels on it. Yeah, sure. We've got property yeah, where, where they're wanting to do. put them at, and it's the last thing I would ever let anybody do. But I'm an old school. Like, I mean, I, I like to, you know, I like to grow food. It's what, it's what you know, is, is in me. And yeah. I and I want to leave that, that. I know that my kids are going to need to eat one day. And I know your kids are going to need to eat one day. But we won't have to have electricity. Will it be nice to have electricity? Yes. Amen. Is it but something? you still got to eat. You do. Yes, you do, and and I mean, and now even look where we're coming now with what that first fusion reaction. Oh yeah, isn't we, that amazing? That's amazing. Wow. I mean, uh, do you talk about that's something a that's, game changer, dude? You talk about something that's going to revolutionize power generation. Yeah, it's that, that. Is a game changer. So if you don't like, I guess now all our nuclear power is produced by fission. Yeah, nuclear fission, uh, which is this, which is splitting atoms, 
And uh, I guess there's a lot of waste involved with that, you know, nuclear waste and that, that that's hazardous waste that you're like, what do we do with? But now for the first time, we've figured out a way to fuse two atoms together and gain more energy out of that reaction than it took to create it. And that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge, it's basically it's the same reaction. There's no waste. No, it's the same thing that. The sun. Uh, it's how yeah, the, the sun. sun. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Correct the, me if I'm wrong. The, the sun the is sun. fusing hydrogen atoms to make helium uh, yeah. to make helium atoms, and and so so until the sun runs out of hydrogen, we're in good shape. Yeah. But that's what they figured out how to do with power, and well, so that that's going to revolutionize things. Yeah. And so when that will happen, I don't know. Me either. But but as far as like solar panels and all that, I don't think that will ever have hold a candle to what fusion power is going to be. No, but the thing about it is, it's like you can go do all this stuff. It's like I actually think this solar panel stuff is a temporary thing. It I is. Actually, it I is. actually think it's something that it was like a fad that got in there. There was a whole bunch of money that was involved in it, and a whole bunch of money that the government jumped out there. And everybody's like, okay, there's billions and dollars of out there how can i make as much money how can i cash in on it? yes and i think that's what was going on but the thing about it is i do think it's a short-term thing but when you put those things on there the effects they can have on the ecosystem and on the land in that short amount of time can be devastating and may take a hundred years to fix well and more than one generation of life just look at all the runoff you're gonna yes And that's impervious cover. Yes. And I don't care what they say. They can sit there and talk. I've sat there and watched the thing. They're like, oh, yeah, well, uh, they're wildlife friendly. You can graze cattle underneath them. Well, everyone that I've seen has a security fence around it, you know. And now you know wildlife getting through there other than a bird or a lizard, you know. There's no large mammals moving back and forth through there. They say you can graze cattle underneath it, but everyone I've seen has been low to the ground, so you might be able to graze sheep underneath it. And then they don't want grass that gets tall, so they want to plant grass. It's basically what I would consider a... a like a Bermuda, I guess? Yeah, but most of them are wanting to go green, so they don't want to plant that, so they want native. So that means... An, they need to be planting like buffalo grass or curly mesquite, something that's drought tolerant and needs full sun, you know, that doesn't grow tall. It doesn't grow tall. They don't want the grass to grow tall. That's the main thing, to get on the solar panels for Man, maintenance that's a- and everything. So, you know, depending on where they put it, yeah, they might be able to get by with that in the Blackland Prairie. But even then, those things like full sun. And if the solar panel's covering it up, you still got – it's just – it's a mess. And I just – Well, just imagine the heat – yeah. That those things will store. Yeah. You, know, you talk about an urban heat island effect. I mean, just that is a heat island right there going into the nighttime. I would think. You know, that's 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 like it would a, make sense to me. It would. Yes. I don't haven't don't have any studies or research, but you know, I just like me just thinking about it. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any data yeah, or anything. Either, it's, <laughs> it's all a new. You thing. know, hot's hot. I know one thing. Like, um, if I go put my hand in the grass, like tall grass. It's cooler than if I go put my hand on the gravel road. Well, evaporative you know, cooling. So it's just like, I, I mean, don't have any research to, to document that, but, you know, I'm smart enough to, like, yeah, you know, the gravel road is hotter. It does. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does. I, I spread some gravel at my house the other day, and I'm not going to lie to you. I sat there and debated it in my head for a good 20, 30 minutes. Of like, do I really want to cover up that grass with gravel? I mean, that, that, that's how much my mind works on things like that. I was like, I don't want to cover up that much evaporative cooling, you know? Yeah. And and so it, it was just a debate I had in my head. Uh, but, but you know, and in, in, in the times, like, we had to put that gravel out there to park oh, yeah. on. And it's the same thing, like, over and over and over, like, on a big scale. We are doing what we have to do. Amen. You know, and th- that's the reason that there's no right or wrong to this whole issue. Well... But if we're going to look down the road into the future for our kids and our kids' kids, they're going to have to have food and they're going to have to have water. We better start changing some things that we're doing. I I agree. And I think it goes back to this. And I'll go back to my old days of college when I was in wildlife biology. And they made me memorize something. It was a test question. It was a definition of wildlife management. And I still remember today because I had to memorize it. 30 years ago or however many years ago. And the definition of wildlife management is, a, uh, I guess, like the scientific, ecological balance, strike a balance between the needs of people and the needs of those species, you know. And so that's what we've got to do. That's right. You know, 
Yes, and and and, and the needs of our simple. species is is pretty cut and dry. Yes, food cover water, water space. That's right, food cover yeah. water space. Yeah. Food and water being the most limiting of those, I would say. Yeah. Water probably being number one. Yeah, I mean you can go a long time without food, but uh, water. None of us can go more probably than two days, that, know, especially in this heat. And probably no more than, yeah, two days, I would say, tops of water. Absolutely. It's a critical resource, as we talked about. Sure it is. Yeah. Yes, and so and once you get once you become overpopulated, you've got a problem with that. Yeah. And, and, and so it, and, and it, it's, it's happening pretty rapidly. I mean, like I said, we're already several counties out from a, from a problem in, in, in the center of it where water is an issue. And it's coming our way too. Yeah. Oh, it's just and, a it, of time. It, and we're just a microcosm of what's going on in this whole nation. Well, we talked about earlier, you know, what you and I were discussing earlier. When I was growing up my entire life, I never, ever saw Big Elm Creek go dry, ever. And I was on that thing at least two weeks a month every year for eight, ten years. And now you say, don't even run no more. You know, well, I mean, it runs, but it's intermittent. Doesn't flow perennially. Yes, but so. again, again, like I told you when we were younger kids, you're saying that, that was yeah, Temple Sewage yeah. Treatment Plant was dumping the treated water into that creek. That was yeah. that was keeping it running all summer. Well, that's fine. I and, caught and ate the swam <laughs> in it all the time. Yeah, it hadn't hurt you. Hadn't got you this far. <laughs> got me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but but now they have they putting up a big power plant, a uh, natural gas power plant, right across the, and the it street. Doesn't flow water anymore. They take that water, I think, to cool the, the 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 generators or something. I guess I'm not real sure, but it did. It, now the big elm is no longer run. It it turns into puddles pretty much. Yeah, and that stinks because it had good fish population. Literally, it stinks because that's Temple yeah. sewage water. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You, it didn't it, stink. But I'm pretty sure, Chansey, that that creek is Temple's treated sewage water. That That's where they dump it into. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least it finds its way there. Sure. And that's what kept it running. But me and Chansey swam in that a whole lot as kids. Hell, I drank from it because I get thirsty. I never I drank kid. from it. I, I, I had a good enough judgment about me looking into that. Well, you never that. got that thirsty, I guess. No, <laughs> I guess I didn't, Chansey. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. looking into that water. It's yeah, pretty we much, swam you, in it all the time. You, yeah, you can only see your hand about an inch and a half below the water, and then it turned. But, you know, my dad used to tell stories about the blue hole yeah. on that creek. Yeah. I was crystal clear. You could see all the way to the bottom of it. Yeah. Now, what happened there? There wasn't no temple sewage treatment. I'm guessing there. erosion, huh? Yeah. Yeah, erosion probably yeah, is the biggest erosion, thing. Sedimentation. Yeah. Probably. Temple sewage plant. Yeah. yeah. Now, no, I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, that probably I mean, is what the issue well, you is. Know, but we got, like I mean, there's said. no, like, we could say that's right or that's wrong, and but it is what it is. Yeah, it's what it had is. to be done. So, like I said, I got scatterbrained a while ago. I was thinking about something, but it's the application of ecological knowledge to vertebrate species and their plant and animal counterparts, which strikes a balance between the needs of those animal species and the needs of people. And that's where we need to look at everything, from cropland to houses to solar panels to everything. Look, yes, we can do this, but there's a way to do it where it makes sense because there's people out there that will just look at the dollar. Oh, yes, lots. In my mind, that is the only feasible way out of this well and the biggest people have to think of it exactly as what it is a resource a renewable resource that if managed properly it will be here for future generations well i mean just look at the rice fields down around houston uh i mean from what i understand they're just about all covered up down there i mean it's like what sedament or or no no, just development yes and we can't grow rice here campo yeah We, we can't grow rice here you know, so we're depending on them down there to keep rice production up because there's only a certain part, a certain area in the state where that's possible to do. And from what I understand around Katy, that whole yeah, area. It's, it is crazy it's I, everywhere. I don't go that way much, but, but from what I understand, that rice country is getting covered up in a big hurry down there. Yep. And we're early, like, in, in, like that has not been going on for very long, and so it's really snowballed and is, is, is covering up in a big hurry. I don't know what the answer is to that. I mean, like, again, that that was where civilization started. You had a good port. You had a good, I mean, you had good place to grow food. You had good climate. You know, it didn't get too cold. Yeah. And so now it's just turned into a big, huge population of people that have covered up all the, 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 the land that we're eventually going to one day need to grow food on. Yeah. Well, I don't think that we have too many people on this earth. I don't at all. 
if we're running out of land and we're running out of crop spaces, I don't think it's a people problem per se. I think it's a management problem per se. It's definitely a management yeah, problem. It's a management problem yes. per se. I'm sure it's, there's lots of people down in Katy, Texas that want to farm rice. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is like they can't afford fifty, sixty thousand acre for for a piece of farmland to farm because you never pay for it rice. No. But you can pay for it by putting houses on it. Yeah. And so that's a dollars over resources story right there. You True. know, who's right, who's wrong? Neither one, really, because you got to have houses. That's just where the population grew at. All the jobs are in downtown Houston. You know, you can't build your house seven hours away and drive there to work every day. So well, it's just where we've gotten to, but we've got to fix I, it. Yeah, I, I know. And I think I would much rather it be local farmers that are feeding local people. That's the way I think that it was designed. I think that is sustainable. What we're doing right now is not sustainable. Well, but the the only problem with that is is eventually this is probably happening everywhere. Like I mean, we won't we, if we don't change something, we will no longer not only be able to feed America, we won't be able to feed anybody else. We because that that I mean, that's a straight up honest. Yeah. I mean, I like like I think we're probably kind of counting on we'll be able to always buy corn from Brazil and we'll be able to buy, you know, stuff from other countries if if we develop this whole country. Yeah. It ain't going, I mean, whoever controls the food will control the world. Yeah. In the future. Whoever's got the food and the water, everybody's got space. What they do with it is what's important. Yeah, I agreed. You know, and so that that's kind of the story, I guess, in a nutshell, is that we got to start looking out for the future with how we're using our land today because, like you said, we've known this is a problem, but nobody's doing anything to fix it. No. The only people I know are doing stuff about are private landowners. They're the ones. No, there's state agencies that give benefits and cost share programs and stuff. I will say Texas Parks and Wildlife does a great job as far as, like, grassland restoration, you know, and Texas A&M as far as education. And I'm sure other states are doing the well as well. It starts with the people first. You get so busy in the things that you do that you just forget, the like, the things that that you have to have for survival, like like how to grow food and, and the, you know, things like that. Yeah. And that, that just happened. Well, it, know, it really does. I mean, do you remember? I used to go down to Dutchtown here, and there was that place that fixed boots. You know, you can go get your boots resold right there, kind of catty corner across from Weed Hardware. Yeah, you can I know what you're talking boot. about. Yeah. You know, my, my, actually, my great-grandpa had a shoe shop. He did that. He resold yeah, shoes. Boot makers and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody that's got any sense at all can read a book, can you know, grow a pig, fence a pig in, grow a pig out, feed them out. They can even grow a garden, you know, as long as the weather's condition. It takes a whole different individual to build a pair of boots. Very true. Or a whole different other picture to pair, take a little patch of cotton and make a shirt out of it. <laughs> well, see, and that's where me and you, I guess, are going to disagree with, like you said, with the subdivisions and all, because I'm fine with that. Because all the, everybody there is working and doing something to keep society going. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was getting at a while ago is in order for it to work where everybody grows their own food, I'm going to have to quit teaching because, I mean, you're just exhausted by 5 o'clock no, at the end of the day. No, you could be a teacher for a small community in Mardock. Well, but I'd still, <laughs> somebody else would have to grow the food for me. I just wouldn't have time. Yeah. I, like, I just wouldn't have time or energy to do it anymore, which is where sure, we're at. Sure, that's where sure. we're at. We are. We've been there. No, we have, and that's yeah. what the problem It's a problem is because all of us are working. Chasing our dogs. Wife, our wife. And us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like it takes two people to make a living now, which is absurd. Yeah. When in the 60s, you know, one person could make a living and support a family of three. Now it takes both people working. working and probably rich three, parents. Three, four jobs. Yeah. And probably your parents that, that leave you something. I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And that... Don't even get me going on the value of the dollar and why it's gotten screwed up. Yeah, don't get Chancey started yeah. on that. That's yeah. a whole other episode. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> it has nothing to do with wildlife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I the text uh, messages I've got from Chancey <laughs> over that conversation. Oh, man. Well, I do, it, One of these days, that's what I'm going to do. everything, though, Bradley. One of these days. It everything. One of these days, I'm going to come in here and do a podcast all by myself and just read the text messages I get from Chancey. Hey. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you'll enjoy that, trust me. That'll be for your viewing pleasure right there. (laughs) You know, but, I mean, to summarize it, Chansey, I don't remember what president it was, but this is a quote that I'm pretty sure president said. If he didn't, he should have. Yeah. 
With freedom comes responsibility. That sounds like something Jefferson would say. And it might have. I don't know. I don't for know all either. for all reasons, that, uh, sure. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, I don't know okay. either. But... I, I honestly don't know which president said it. Uh, but but with freedom comes responsibility. Uh, you know, and it's it, yeah. so we have the freedom of owning property, and so it's our responsibility to, to be responsible it. with it. Yeah. You know, and to look out for not only our neighbors. You know, to do you know to do with our land what we feel that our neighbors would would appreciate. Sure. But also to do what future generations are depending on us to do, and people in other parts of the state and other parts of the county yeah. and other parts of the of the of the country are depending on us to do with the property that we own because they can't do it with theirs. Amen. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal because we're on a system, like we always say, an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem. And and that system, we got a water system, we got a air system, we got everything and. Everything affects everything, and so this affects us like a giant spider web. It's a so, big, the cogs in a wheel. Yes, the cogs in the wheel. So like we talked about a long time ago, everything affects everything. And when you start plinking with it, you need to be aware that what you do here affects your neighbor, and affects downstream. And for a reason, I just have to tell the story. I guess it was in 2012 or 2013, I was over in... Um, Grimes County, around Beat Ice. That's when I was doing some more on gas work. And uh, they had to put a CDP site. They wanted a CDP site. They wanted this place. But nobody wanted to sell them land. What is a CDP? What uh, is a CDP Central site? delivery plant. So, okay. all, like, all the gas pipelines go to this plant. But anyway, what they wanted to sell was big gullied land. Well, well like we talked about streams and everything else like that. That gullied land uh, is where they wanted to buy is, like, 10 acres. And they're going to take that 10 acres and put a site on it because... Those were goalies. They weren't jurisdictional. They were considered ephemeral under that current administration. So they were able to just level it, no permit, not ask anybody, not tell their neighbors, do nothing, level it, bring in millions and millions of yards of dirt, put on top of it, build it up, build a plant where trucks come in and out and deliver and gas comes in. But then three months later, all those goalies, they routed around that CDPCI, when they shot that water right downstream. Oh, man. Yeah. So think about if you were the neighbor on the other end. His pole pasture was covered in silt and dirt and gravel and debris and everything else. And he was a half mile away. Oh, my gosh. Coming, you know? So, yeah. And somebody got a pretty good check off for that site. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And everybody else paid for yeah, it. Yeah, and nobody had to get a permit to do it because of the – so. And all and everybody else around paid for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, their land value went down. Their land value went way down. The person that lived right next to it went way down because you got a CDP site. It's lights everywhere. Trucks are coming in and out, in and out, in and out, all night long, all day long. Lots of noise. So there you go. So back yeah, to the golden rule. Back to the golden rule. Yeah, and so it, there is but, no there 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 is right answers to it. How you get there is... I don't know. I mean, is is on all our shoulders. It depends, you know. Being neighborly. Yeah, yeah, neighborly. Treating each other by golden rule. But, you know, it just seems that we've turned into a society now where people want quick money. We're going to flip this. We're going to get it. We're going to get it done. Sell it. We'll make money and move on. I'll go somewhere else. That's right. Well, it's it's not only a problem for your local neighbors. But again, like like we said, yeah. I mean, if it happens in South Texas where they grow avocados, yeah, none of us are getting avocados. No, no. So we're 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 depending on them people down there to you know to 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 make good decisions and do that, and they're depending on us here. Yeah. I mean, Milam County is one of the biggest agriculture per like GDP counties yeah. in the state. It's huge. I mean, lots of cattle produced, lots of uh, cotton, corn, cotton, milo. milo. Yeah, I mean. Wheat. It, Yes, lots of, and and we're sitting in the middle of what they call the golden triangle. Yeah, which is called called the golden triangle because so much money, I guess, in the big cities that 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 are on the corners of the triangle that that we're about to get imploded on. Basically, is what we already that. have. Right? Yeah, we already, already have, have. Yeah, it, and it's look but at it, Williamson County, Williamson County, and even Bell they're County, they're in the middle of Eastern they're in this golden triangle too that me and Chancey are talking. They about. are, but. You know, you look at eastern Williamson County and eastern Bell County. They were all black land, like what we grew up in. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. You got a few places around Jonah where they're still farming in Circleville and stuff like that. But the rest of it, it's being put in houses and well, toll roads and 
everything else. I mean, it's it's, it's happening. And, and and when those toll roads come in, then they're going to have to build gas stations on corners where roads meant, and those gas stations are going to mean more subdivisions. Uh, it's just going to continue to continue to grow. It's a snowball. And they're not building west because they don't want to afford it, and plus they got to deal with the rocks. So what are they doing? They're building east into the dirt. Into the black dirt. Which is where our cropland is. That's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, if they go east, there is no endangered species out there. There is no nothing because it's all cropland and farmland. So they don't have to have to do any special permitting. They don't have to do anything else worth it. No hardwood. No, not a lot of hardwood. No golden cheek warblers out east of I-35, but there's plenty west. So that's just more. So, you know, like it just gives them... And, and then not only that, you're bringing in Tesla, you're bringing in Samsung, bringing in all these people, which is going to bring all these jobs. It's going to create wonderful Shangri-La utopia here in Texas. I don't know. It's not good for resources. It's not good for resources, and it's especially not good for the people that depend on those resources when the crap's going to hit the fan because the crap is going to hit the fan. Texas does go through droughts. Yes. And it will come again. It's oh, going to happen. They're getting and worse. And now we have, I don't know how many more people we got now than we did 10 years ago. But it's a ridiculous amount. I want to say on like our second episode or something, we mentioned something about that. With population and deer. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, we talked about the, how population yeah. growth, what the population growth has been. Yeah, and so, it, and it's the same thing. It's going to affect wildlife too. Oh, yeah. It's going to affect everything. Water is the most critical resource we have. It's absolutely necessary for life survival. It's just that simple, and you gotta you gotta figure out a way to recharge it. Yeah, yeah. Then to recharge it, and that means not putting concrete, everything, and houses, and solar panels, and everything else, and trying to leave even if it is farmland or rangeland, maintain it, manage it as a resource versus impervious cover. And that's what's happening in our blackland right now. They are taking our blackland prairie and they are putting it into impervious cover. And this is a bad, 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 bad problem. The big problem. And I, I yeah. think I, I think I saw somewhere where the amount of concrete in the United States has now surpassed the amount of biomass in the United States. <laughs> if that's true, I don't know. God, I, I hope not. I, I heard that on some news thing I was listening to the other day. And that's very high, that's highly likely. Well, I mean, look how much concrete's out there. There's a lot Gosh, of concrete. Just look at it. I mean, just every time it rains an inch in town, it floods everything because I don't have nowhere to go. Yeah, and so this the what like like Chancey's talking about impervi- impermeable cover. The water can't soak through the concrete, so it runs down the concrete. It runs to the stre- streams. It runs to the river. And it runs to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, and erodes. Nothing to slow it down. Yes, washes out trees. Takes the topsoil and dirt yeah. with it when it washes does kind of yeah. gravel bars, screws yes. up hatcheries messes up sedimentation in the ocean probably kills fish on the other end all kinds of and it's not a problem it's not a problem anybody on earth today created it's been going on for a long time and so it's but it's really starting to snowball because populations are becoming so concentrated in the big cities and around big cities where people settled originally where all the where the resources were the best for survival yeah but um, we have created a lot of it in the last 40 years. Since the Industrial probably. Revolution, too. Probably. No, well, 40 years. I'm talking about mismanagement of resources and impervious covers and building and the way that we build and expand and grow and expand out Just and build tow roads and everything else because they don't deal with the problem that's internal. You don't fix You don't fix the problem. You just no, keep moving just out. Just keep moving out. Yeah, yeah, your sewage, your sewer, and all that goes yeah. down, gets run downhill. Well, instead of fixing that, we'll yeah. just we'll just we'll just build a new one and move on uh-huh. out. Because yeah. we're just you know it's kind of like a locust. Yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I mean, just it, once something gets run down, I I saw one time. No sense in doing it right the first time. Just take advantage of it and move on. Years ago, I was uh, they were building some apartments by where I lived in College Station in college, and I noticed it was all particle board. Yeah. Very little concrete. The studs were like on two foot centers. And I was like, I asked the guy, I said, hey, I said, why do those apartments look like they're built so crappy? He said, those apartments are built to last 30 years. And he said, they don't want them to last any longer than that because by then this will all be outdated 
and everybody will done it moved out from here. He said, he said, those are not built to last. They're built to last long enough uh, for, for like until, until they're aged out and it's time yeah. to move on. That right there is the problem. You just nailed it in that statement right there. Yeah. What the problem? There is no sustainability, no thought for how do I maintain my house or maintain where I live or maintain my area or my land for long term. Get in and go. That's true. You know, yeah. and it's a problem. It's all a battle of dollars and resources. Yep. And we got to start putting more attention to resource conservation. Amen. And 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 the responsibilities that come with our freedom of owning land. Yes. And and it's a big responsibility. It's a huge. If you're a landowner, you got a huge, huge responsibility. Responsibility, and it's important. Yes. Yes, it's it very is. Very important. But anyways, I think that's going to wrap this up. All right, Brad. Yeah. It, it's already almost midnight here. Uh, is it really? Yeah, it's already about. It's already eleven thirty. And so, uh, so enjoy getting together with Chance again and, and, and discuss a very serious topic. Yep. And so we appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen, and we hope you all have a good night. And until something else pops into our head, we'll see you next time. Good night, y'all.